How do you know this? That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Truth is, <laughs> I am Iron Man. Rose? Well, we're going, we don't need Rose. When people ask you what happened here, tell them the North remembers. And here we go. Welcome to Not Another Movie Pod, episode 9. I'm Zach Williamson with Ross Cutsforth and Luke Goosens. Today we're talking Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 5, The Bells, which is now currently the lowest rated episode ever on Rotten Tomatoes with 48%. Wow. <laughs> it's the first episode to ever go below 50% and only the third Rotten Reviewed episode ever next to the previous episode and then one in Season 5. It's kind of crazy. Like, Do you guys think it deserves that low of a score? I mean... I, I don't know if I thought it was that bad. I mean, the, yeah. the overall rating was like a six, so that's fresh. But I guess, yeah, more people thought it was not good than than it was. Yeah, and especially with, like, all the people. And then it seems like it was, like, mixed on the internet. Like, it didn't seem like everyone hated it. Like, the last episode, it seemed like some people liked it, some people didn't. So I thought it would score better than that for sure. Yeah, I think people had strong opinions either way they were doing it for sure. But before we get into just talking about that episode, we got some Game of Thrones news we need to cover. So what came out today, this was just today, George R. R. Martin shut down the rumor that he f- has already finished books six and seven and that D&D were paying him to not publish them until the show finished airing. That was awesome because that is not a smart rumor. <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't make sense. But this, so this rumor... Yeah, why do you say that? So it spawned today because over the weekend, the guy who played Sir Barristan, his name's Ian McKelney, he claimed he heard this was true. And it went viral because of, you know, also because the episode came out. Yeah. And then so GRM came out and said it on his blog. And his quote was, it blog it boggles me that anyone would believe this story, even for an instant. It makes not a whit of sense. Why would I sit on these for years with completed novels? Why would my publishers, not just here in the U.S., but all around the world, ever consent to this? They make millions and millions of dollars every time a new book comes out, as do I. Delay, delaying makes no sense. Yeah, what what prompted Ian? What's his last name? Mickelhenny. Mickelhenny. What prompted him to say that? If like that was just totally like horribly wrong information. Yeah, I, I think he just. This was a rumor that kind of came out a year ago, but not about both books. I'd only heard the rumor on just the first book, but even yeah. that doesn't make sense because HBO wanted. Everyone wanted it. D&D would want that. HBO would want that. The whole agreement from the beginning was that he would finish the books and they would adapt those mm-hmm. as he was going. So it, it didn't make sense from the beginning anyway. Yeah. Just from looking at the clip, do you guys think he was joking or do you think he was being serious? I think he was serious. It sounded like he yeah. was serious. I did too, but I don't know. Just wanted to see what you guys thought. Yeah, yeah and just, just the fact that George R. R. Martin has said a few times in the past year that he's not done. Even one time he said he sits down he looks at his computer and no words come to him. Like, yeah. that, that sounds like <laughs> a dude bad. who hasn't finished this. Yeah. For that's for him, that's probably so frustrating. Everybody yeah. like on the internet just eviscerating him, wanting him to drop the book. And he's just sitting there <laughs> and he's like, I can't give them the ending that's gonna be worthy because he can't think of it. Yeah. Because he just he doesn't have it done yet anymore, and he he also said that he wouldn't put he wouldn't even start writing the seventh book until he's finished with this one. So yeah, not even close. It's been what eight years, not even close yet to being done. Okay, so next news that's pretty irrelevant now, but it was a quote that came out this week, and I thought we should address it. So director David Nutter, who directed the last episode, said Euron quote was not paying attention 
when Tyrion was talking about Cersei's baby. Do you guys think? What? I mean, that's had that had to have been what happened because this wasn't addressed. Yeah, <laughs> his character is just turning out to be so bad. <laughs> He's just such a dumb, horny pirate, like what you guys were yeah. saying. And I had it's hope kind of in him. I had hope yeah. in him. And now, yeah, we're, my hopes crushed. Yeah, yeah, we'll get we'll get into your own a little bit in depth. And then next, this also came out this week. Isaac H. Wright he had an interview with the New York Times, and he actually shared what he thought Bran was doing during the Battle of Winterfell, which was a big question that none of it, we've all been looking for the answer. We thought it was going to come out in that last episode, it never did. Yeah. And his quote was, "As far as I understand it, he's just in the Raven keeping tabs." Bran recognizes that all he can do is sit there and let whatever happened happen. We saw how quickly all their pan- plans disintegrated. <laughs> Additionally, he also torpedoed all every like any theory that Bran was the Night King, saying the Night King is dead. I can't see how Bran is the Night King or was the Night King ever. So there, that's gone too. Yeah. You know, there's people still out there thinking, "Oh, he's just telling us that because he doesn't want to spoil that we're actually right," and they still yeah, think the Night King coming back. <laughs> yeah. Next episode. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> and then in the same interview, he kept going too, and he said, talking about Bran see, you know, seeing the future, which is a big thing that people don't understand that he can't actually see it all the way. And so he clarified, he said, as I understand it, Bran can't exactly see the future. I think he has some inklings. When Bran gives Arya the cat spa dagger, he knows there's something important to do with it, but he doesn't know that, say, six months on, she's going to use it to stab the Night King. So I think it's still indetermined. I, I think that's just more up to what you decide based on what Bran looks like and what you perceive that as. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how they want to leave it. That's my take on it. But what do you guys think? Yeah, that's how I was taking it too. But then he also he even said something else after this that I was going to add. He's talking about Theon right here. And he said, you know, the quote, he said, Theon, you're a good man. What he's basically doing there is that he knows that Arya is running and charging and on her way to save the day. Yeah. And Bran recognizes that he needs to buy some more time. And that's a real moment there with Theon because Theon could give up again is what he's saying. We've seen him do it several times in the show. He looks at the Night King like, is he just going to run away or give up? And Bran recognizes that Theon needs that final push to give it one last go to buy enough time for Arya. So it's like he does, he must see something a little bit, you know? Yeah, that's true. So I don't know, just back and forth on that interview. I don't know how I feel about it. Okay, moving on, on to the episode. So, boys, give your reviews first. Ross, you want to go first? Uh, yeah, sure. I'll go. So, pros that I had with it, I, I thought this story, although I would have liked to see it done a little differently, I thought the story for this episode and Danny's kind of descent into madness and her becoming the Mad Queen did make sense logically. They did put stuff in place in earlier seasons that made that like a possible future, but I, I don't think she should have gone straight for civilians or yeah like luke was saying the civilians things was just over the top a little bit because mm-hmm. for okay for one her going for the civilians first gives cersei time to like run away so it makes no sense for her to go to the for the civilians like that because cersei is watching the whole time and if she goes for the civilians it gives her all that extra time to run away instead of just going straight for cersei who is her real target and who she's really mad at so that part I didn't really get. I don't get why she didn't just go straight for the Red Keep and then maybe if she's still angry, go wreak havoc or whatever. <laughs> Burn a little civvy. Yeah. Burn a little civvies. <laughs> get some civvies. 
<laughs> and then, so I thought the music was amazing as always. This was this was my favorite music of season eight as far as the episode so far, with episode mm-hmm. two coming in at second. So far, anyways, episode six could be amazing. Kyburn's death was cool. How he got killed by his own creation. <laughs> That was kind of cool, but it did make me a little confused about his character because I thought that his character arc was going to end in him making some crazy creation, some peak maester shit, (laughs) basically, because his whole arc was researching and studying more and researching in ways that normally weren't allowed. So I thought he was going to come up with some crazy shit, like some ace up the sleeve for the battle, but he ended up just kind of going out like a bitch. Yeah, his ace was the scorpions that didn't work yeah. out. Yeah. They had so much confidence in those, and they <laughs> they just got shit on. Yeah, Daenerys yeah. did kind of switch up her tactics, though. Oh yeah, she like did. She, she started flying like super low, and then like when she would go up, she go up really high, and then just dive down. Like yeah, she outmaneuvered them for sure. Yeah, so it made I like thought that was believable. Yeah, I, no, I liked all that part. That was cool. I just think that Cersei was being so dumb. Like she just had yeah. that smug little smile on her face the whole time. And I was thinking, why, why are you just smiling? Yeah, like what is she? You don't even have an ace up your sleeve. You all, you're just relying completely on these scorpions. I know, (laughs) dude. I know that was the another thing. Like you said, Ross, she always has an ace up her sleeve. Yeah, she didn't this time. Like, what happened? You know, that's not the classic Cersei we know. Yeah, I thought she was definitely going to incorporate wildfire, but that that didn't really Mm -hmm. happen. But the wildfire, when it did show that the wildfire blew up, that I think is going to have more consequences than what we see in the next episode because you can't just light a city like that on fire and it won't just go out like that like it's gonna burn through the whole city especially with that wildfire which is really potent and it splashes and catches other stuff on fire that could burn down the entire city if they don't stop it yeah and you you can only put out wildfire with sand right with a lot of yeah yeah basically by covering it in earth or sand and then okay so i like the the clagane bowl a lot it was it was pretty intense until the scene. So the whole sword fight at the beginning between the mountain and the hound was good. And then when the hound stabbed the mountain, it was still good. And when they went to the hand-to-hand, that's when a lot of the tension of it dropped for me because the mountain wasn't being... He was kind of like playing with his kill. Yeah, for sure. Some of the It was just some of the tension dropped for me there because I was like... All right, he's not even really trying to kill him anymore. It's just playing with his kill. That part I thought could have been a little faster, but I liked it for the most part. And then, yeah, like we were saying, Luke, the initial fight between the Allied forces and the Lannisters was that was top tier. That was really good. I like that. How they didn't mess around at all. Daenerys just came in, whooped ass, and they had actually a good plan of breaking through the wall, just like she did at the Battle of. Uh, the loot train battle where she broke through the forces like siege weapon basically and then she just sent all of her forces straight down that was pretty much all my pros for it and then my cons were i didn't like how euron just showed up out of nowhere and all he was there to do was just stab jamie and then die (laughs) I, i thought that was kind of a waste of his character and i thought he was his whole character was a waste in general just seeing how he his character ended up dying going out how his art completed i thought it was kind of a wasted character yeah and then just danny going for the civilians like straight off i don't know it was a little unbelievable but it wasn't too bad i didn't think so that's basically it for me luke 
I kind of had the same likes and dislikes as you, pretty similar. Yeah. One thing I really did like, we talked about this all in the group chat too, like the part where Arya was running through the city, trying to escape Danning, just raining fire on the city. It felt similar to the beach landing and saving Private Ryan. (laughs) Like you saw dudes just with their legs blown off, (laughs) people just holding their guts in, like just screaming out, like crying. Arya's trying to save the little girl and then... Daenerys just comes in raining fire. She has to let the little girl go, you know? That was very, like, all of that was very similar to... uh, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, like a war scene from Saving Private Ryan. The D-Day scene. Yeah, exactly. The beach landing scene. Sorry if I didn't say that. That was actually one of my favorite scenes, too, but I just forgot to talk about it. Yeah. Like, I loved all of that. Yeah, same. It was, like, it was so raw and real. You're just like, fuck. Yeah. And then, obviously, Clegane Bowl was awesome. Yeah. And I was just pissed. Zombie McGregor or McGregor. Zombie, Zombie Gregor. McGregor. <laughs> he wouldn't die, dude. No, stabbed him, stabbed him through the stomach. No, through the head. No. So he has to just sacrifice <laughs> them both. So, you know. He was stronger than the Night King, dude. Yeah, I guess. I wonder if that even killed him in the end, you think? The fire did, but probably not the knife to the head. He was harder to kill than the Night King. He wasn't stronger than the Night King. Yeah, yeah. Did I say stronger? Yeah, my bad. I meant harder to kill. But their their deaths were were fitting. Yeah, and then my obviously biggest gripe on this episode was Danny's assault on just the entire city and the civilians. Since she landed in Westeros, her focus has been on destroying Cersei. And beginning in season seven, she's plotting with the Tyrells and the Dornish people, and she's or Alaria Sand and. Yeah the Dorns and she's creating a plan to take out Cersei. Like they're all plot. They're all talking about Cersei, Cersei, Cersei. And then obviously Daenerys says in episode two, season seven in season seven, episode two, she says, I did not come here to be queen of the ashes. And Cersei is the one that betrayed her. She didn't send troops up to help her out in at the battle of Winterfell mm-hmm. season eight, episode two. She's talking with Sansa about taking back the iron throne and she says she's going to take it back from the people who destroyed her family. She's speaking of the Lannisters yeah. in the planning room. We talked about this before in episode four. She says that if Cersei still sits on the Iron Throne, she cannot rest. She can't sit still. And Cersei was the one to have Masande executed. Like, it just makes no sense. In her mind right now, it's just been all Cersei. I don't get why. Because it almost seemed like she was looking towards the Red Keep. She's ready to fly there. Yeah. And then she just does a 90 degrees and starts raining fire on the city. I thought sh- her main target was Cersei, you know, throughout the entire through from the beginning of that episode. I was just so confused when that happened. And yeah. Yeah. She did. She did look right at the red keep and then she, you're right. That is true. Yeah. yeah. It just didn't make sense to me from the moment she landed in Westeros. She was thinking about taking the iron throne from Cersei. And then all of a sudden she's like, nah, fuck that. Let's fuck these people. You know, I didn't get it. Yeah. Can I say something on that? Yeah. So the only difference between then and now, which made it kind of believable for me, was just that she was so alone and isolated. And all of her, like back then in season seven and season six, she still had a lot of advisors. But now they're just all been taken away from her. Like your theory, Luke, how you thought her advisors were slowly going to get taken away and then she was going to get driven mad by that. That's all coming true. And so that's what makes it a little believable for me. But came true. Yeah. Yeah, but like you were saying, like it adds into why 
she's starting to go crazy, but it just feels so sudden yeah. and so drastic, you know? It just doesn't feel right. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, you're, yeah, I get what you're saying. Zach? Yeah, as a singular isolated episode, I thought it was great. Yeah. You know, if you look at the events in this episode as the final tipping points of Daenerys' fall, then I'm okay with it. You know, she realizes that no one in this country is loyal to her, so she doesn't give a shit about any of these citizens. Her advice, her advisors left, you know, her advisors are betraying her left yeah. and right. Varys, for example. Tyrion even betrayed her again and went and freed Jamie after all that, after she <laughs> gave him another chance. John betrayed her too by telling his family. Then John says he loves her, says, I love you. And all she wants him to do is show, you know, show her. Even after he betrayed her, he still just wants her to show. And that's the second time that he curves her. You know, if he just straight up, if he, if he just straight up takes one for the realm, Pipe Sinaris, we honestly might not be in this situation. It's a possibility for <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's a possibility. Pipe for the realm, son. And, yeah. And I thought the destruction of King's Landing was just a stunning sequence. Brilliantly shot. It was disturbing. Yeah. You know, it gave me a, a sink in my stomach. I honestly haven't felt in a long time. And I was telling you guys about this a couple, even like a week ago, we were talking about this. And it was like watching Anakin become Darth Vader and start killing younglings in episode three. It was just this feeling that if one or two things had gone differently in all this, it could have been avoided. Yeah. That's one thing I liked about this episode a lot, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought all the acting was really good by everyone, particularly when Tyrion freed Jamie. Oh, my God. Yeah. That conversation felt very real. And relatable and i teared up a little bit i really liked that scene a yeah. lot and then right into that after that it gets into the siege or into the battle and i also thought in that moment how he said jamie has never looked at him like a monster for me it made me realize that jamie doesn't look at either of his siblings like monsters you know he's able to look past Tyrion killing their father he's able to look past everything cersei has done because he loves his siblings more than anything especially cersei yeah <laughs> yeah um, weird so people way. are saying <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and people are saying for that his character arc is ruined, and for me, it really felt it felt like his character, even though I did hope that he was going to kill Cersei, it still felt like that was what he was going to do, and it was very apparent early in the episode he wasn't going to kill Cersei. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't think he ever loved Brienne. I think they were very close, and he fought together, and it was a, a strong relationship, but maybe not anything close to what he felt for Cersei since the beginning of the show. Yeah, they just have that connection, man. It's almost like they're related yeah. or something. Well, okay. So for me, it didn't make sense to me because he's going back to the woman that wanted to have him assassinated. And under any other circumstance, it let's say Daenerys was unable to take King's Landing and Jamie went back. Cersei would have probably killed him. Like, let's be real. Like, we all know that. But she would. He wouldn't have gone back in any other situation, I don't think, if he didn't know that she was going to yeah, die. I think he was going back to, he's, to be with her while she... Like before she died, or to save her potentially. Yeah, I think he said behind the scenes. But at the beginning of the episode, he said Jamie didn't think she was gonna die. Remember, he he was like, he was like, they have a chance at winning. They killed already two of, uh, two of her dragons already dead, and we have the gold. They have the gold company. He says that to Tyrion in the tent. That's true, but he's optimistic yeah. person. And then his quote from season five, saying he wanted to die in the in the arms of the woman he loved. It it was. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really fit into the context into the context of the season now, because he says that before Cersei had even blown up the Septa Baylor. Yeah, and I feel like that was a really big turning point in Jamie's relationship and understanding Cersei. And then the only time after that we see Cersei and Jamie have any type of sexual interaction 
is when Cersei tries kissing Jamie and Jamie's like, no, and he keeps saying no and he keeps turning away until Cersei just starts like forcing him and taking his clothes off and then starts like sucking his dick. And <laughs> that, that does, <laughs> that's what it does. It does what happens. Yeah. And he didn't want to do it, but she just did it. So he kind of had to capitulate to her, you know, yeah. it just felt wrong for me because he was drifting away from her. And that's what it had felt like for me. Yeah. I think that he also went north for the baby though too that was one of his main reasons and just being honorable yeah so i think partially it was inspired by cersei even if he knew that she was going to try to because Tyrion him. does say there is one innocent that you still care about in the city and he's talking about the baby so I, mm-hmm. that's yeah. another reason that jamie's going back to because he knows the baby's yeah. innocent is what is yeah he, that's what he's thinking i just i just didn't have as much problem as it was a lot of yeah. people i think for me also i i did like Varys' death i was okay with it and the actor, Con- the actor Conleth Hill, said he reacted to Tyrion like that when he touches him because he didn't think his character has ever been touched like that in the show or as an adult. Yeah. And I thought that was just a good sign that hey, they were really good friends. Mm-hmm. That was probably his best friend outside of his brother, surprisingly. And then the shot of Drogon appearing behind Daenerys and Jon—that was one of my favorites of the episode. That, that shot was awesome. It was awesome. Behind the scenes, they took that. They said it took seven months to film that, and they had to keep bringing back. Conleth Hill to keep, even though he had been dead forever, yeah. just film that scene over and over again. <laughs> that's, that's insane. Yeah. Poor Conleth. Yeah. I think my favorite shot was when Drogon was first flying to the Red Keep and it kept mm-hmm. flashing between Drogon and Cersei. And then it shows Drogon just fly, like shoot a fire beam or a fire blast straight into a Solus and he just flies through a tower. I have no idea. Oh. I have no idea how they got. Yeah, that was sweet. I mean, I have some idea, but that shot would be really hard to get. That was dope. Yeah, where it just like <laughs> blasts through it. Yeah. It looks so yeah, it looks so good too. Mm-hmm. That I think that was my favorite yeah. shot of the episode. But yeah, so yeah, that was a nice shot too. And so I was just saying more on various like his his death made sense to me. He went out trying to protect the realm. I assume what he was doing, you know, with the little girl at the beginning. I don't think he was trying to look out for Daenerys at all. I think he was trying to yeah. poison her, but she was refusing. That's to definitely eat. what it seemed like to me as well. Yeah. And which is crazy. That means Daenerys didn't eat for over a week. <laughs> a while. I want to say at least. Or she just like ate very sparingly. Yeah. yeah. Damn. I didn't. The only reason I didn't like Varys' death was because I thought it was out of character for Varys to all of a sudden become so bold and like brash with his words. When before he's always been, you know, the master of whispers. He's trading secrets all the time. He's never like sticking his neck out if he thinks he's if he thinks he's gonna die well i mean he does for Tyrion, but he has a pretty good plan for that like he has a solid plan ahead of him and then Varys straight up just tells john oh you're the true ruler i know i want you to be the ruler like what does he think is is gonna happen there yeah it's not a good move i just i thought that it was a little stupid of his character to get killed like that I think he just knew that she was going to yeah. do this. This was what's going to happen, and it was coming down to the last day. And she knew that as soon as John and his forces got there, she's going to make her move. And it was very yeah. urgent. Right so it was like a time that. crunch. It was just really urgent. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's a good point. But still, what, right. what is him dying going to help? I guess, yeah. But she does tell him, if you ever betray me, I will burn you alive with fire, you know? Yeah, she, she does so, say that. I'm just saying, if Varys wanted to overturn her, why'd he tell Tyrion and John? Why didn't he just keep it to himself and then poison her or do something i don't know because i think that he thought Tyrion. Would oh do, help her he yeah. thought that Tyrion would help him do the right do the thing because right Tyrion was thinking it mm-hmm. and Tyrion made a decision 
He said you have to make a decision. Yeah. And he did. True. Okay, moving on. Um, I also liked. I think one of you guys said it. The sequence when John realizes that he was on the side that was the enemy and yeah. all this. That was. It was like was an, badass. Yeah, it was in slow motion, yeah. and then they show they show a Lannister soldier helping civilians out while the Northmen and the Unsullied are just slaughtering innocent. Yeah, people. scene right after that shows and, a Northman like slit this innocent woman's throat. Yeah. yeah, and then he even has to kill one of his own soldiers, yeah. and it, just his moral line was blurred. And it, I don't know if we've ever seen John on that side of this. Maybe when he was a wildling, that his stuff was blurred between the they you know the knights yeah. watching this. So it's been a while since we've seen him have to deal with a situation like this. And I thought that was really good. Mm. I like that. I like that aspect too. And just like, what what do you do if you see the enemies are leading people, innocent people to safety, and then all your own men are killing those same innocent people? Yeah. And he was trying to stop. He was trying to stop it. But then the soldier, the Lannisters were just trying to kill him too. Yeah. And he had to, he had I thought to it was so him. funny. The whole time he was fighting, he was like, no, don't fight me. Stop. And he's just like. Yeah. <laughs> killing people at the same time that's i did i feel like i did have a problem with that though because when the lannisters stood down he could have just taken he should should have just taken them in why do he keep staring at him he was just letting the tension build up yeah i didn't understand that. well it was so quick i it just we don't even know how long it took i get okay well then the bell rung and then everyone thinks it's done, but then Daenerys gets up and starts firing everyone. Yeah, but I, even then, between the bell ringing and Daenerys getting up, and yeah. like they still could have taken them in as prisoners. Yeah. It was just true. like, you are supposed to be one of the best leaders in yeah. in Westeros. You, you can't tell your men to stand down right now. That's just a total failure in leadership. And even if things break down like that, that's where you... You tell the man under you, you know, your commanders, you'd be like, all right, get your men together. We got to stop. I just can't. I couldn't believe that he would let it go to that. I think he tried, though. And then the other leader, the other leader, of this is Grey Worm. And he was all 100 percent in. He's he's pissed yeah. off. I get I get where you're coming from, Luke. But yeah, also I get to at the same time, there are two other leaders that are setting a terrible example. So, <laughs> yeah, Daenerys and, yeah. and Grey Worm. But, yeah. but the Northmen were the first to charge, which is like, what? Well, Grey Worm was the first to throw the spear. Grey, Worm's, Grey Worm gunned yeah. somebody down. With no, I'm sa- okay, sorry. I meant to say after Grey Worm yeah. hit the dude with the spear, all the Northmen were like, yeah. And when John, <laughs> when John starts running out in the Battle of the Bastards, all the Northmen are like, what? Should we go? And then <laughs> Davos has to be like, defend your king. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we should probably go. That's that's true. That you is know? very true. But it's way close quarters. Way more close quarters. They're, yeah, they're also right next yeah. to each other. That's true. And you get a nice jump on them because they didn't have their swords yet. I just thought that was kind of absurd. Which is also, you know, one of another thing that I was pissed about in this episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean that just factors all into Daenerys's decision. Okay, but also the action sequence after Grey Worm throws that spear is brutal. Yeah, it was awesome. There's a, okay, yeah. There's a, yeah, true. that that sequence is awesome. There's a sequence where like a dude gets his hands cut off and then another guy gets slashed in the face and it's so brutal. Five things right in a row that are just The go- dude, the gore in this episode was like on was on another level. It was crazy. Yeah. Not that it was like gratuitous either. It was just showing the horrors of war. My bad, Zach. Mm-hmm. My bad, Zach. Yeah. I was just saying that Aaron Rodgers was apparently running around somewhere in that <laughs> yeah. scene too. <laughs> throwing 50 yard passes <laughs> no but ross do you remember when uh 
when I think it was John, maybe it was just some random Northman. He literally slices some Lannister soldier from his neck, like all the way down through his chest. Yeah, yeah. He went, looked so realistic. I was like, oh my god. Yeah. He like went through the <laughs> shoulder and it went down into his body, and then he pulled it again yeah. and it went a little deeper. Yeah, that dude, that was so bad. Yeah, <laughs> that shit was crazy. Yeah. That sequence was awesome. And then I also really like Clugane Bowl. I had zero yeah. problems with it. Them duking out on the staircase while shit's falling down everywhere. Drogon's flying over, burning everything. It just, it was awesome. And then Kyburn's death was hilarious, dude. Like, it was funny. Dude's head got cracked like an egg. He's like, <laughs> Sir Gregor, stand down. Yeah, he's like, you yeah. stand down right now. Mountain's just like, you. Yeah, just doesn't give a shit. For real. Tosses that fool. And then... Yeah, I like Sandor just stabbing the shadow of him, just yelling at him, and then nearly getting Oberyn. Yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, oh no, for real, that was, I was so like, close. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, stop this. <laughs> yeah, and then he just stabs him through the head, and then knocks him out. And I, I thought the death, I really liked it. So, you know, yeah. The fire with the mountain, essentially how he created the hound. It felt very poetic. It definitely did feel poetic. You're right. There was a lot of poetic deaths in this episode specifically, just like you were saying too, with Kyburn getting killed by his yeah. creation. And Cersei and Jamie dying in each other's arms too. Yeah, what'd you guys think about Cersei's death? Were you satisfied with that? Not really. <laughs> you wanted it to be more <laughs> brutal or what? I at least wanted her to be burned alive. Oh god. <laughs> you wanted Daenerys <laughs> to get it? She that's what I thought was gonna happen. Daenerys deserved that that kill. Yeah. Not anymore. She did deserve it, but not anymore. True. Good yeah, good point. I wanted to see Cersei's eyes as she knew it was like an execution, you know? Yeah. An execution would have been cool. I honestly, I was okay with it. I laughed when she started crying. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. When she's like, I want to live. She was saying she didn't want to die. Yes, yeah. yeah, like, I want to live. I was like, nah, bitch, you done. Yeah. It could have been born brutal, but hey, you know, we got her. Yeah. That's how I see it. True. We got her. Good perspective on that one, Zach. I agree. And I did think <laughs> the, the rocks, for me, maybe I'm taking this the wrong thing. They could have been poetic, but... Just how she blew up the sept and it caved in on a bunch of people too. Just the rocks caving in on her. Maybe that's a reach. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe a little bit. But yeah, them them just going out like they came into the world together, and then her and Jamie dying together. I like I liked it. That part at least yeah. was poetic. The whole time I was just holding my head like no <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't think Euron's death was stupid though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was gonna I wasn't a fan of Euron's death. I he's just a just a fucking waste of a character, dude. Just in the books in the books he's such a badass. He's like a sorcerer, rocks Valerian, steel armor, he's yeah. a legit genius. Didn't you say he has a horn? He has a horn too that can summon dra- or yeah, dragon dragons. binder. And I guess maybe they thought that was too fantastical to put in. Yeah, maybe a little bit. That part at least. Mm. Just but he was just more yeah. he was more fun. He's got a dragon egg he just like throws in the ocean because he says fuck it. He wasn't just like obsessed with screwing Cersei. Yeah. Yeah, dude. He had real motives. Like he would have been more motivated to yeah, take the crown exactly. for himself. Wait, what what other deaths were there in this episode? Oh, what did you guys think of Harry Harry Strickland's death? Oh. Oh, dude. <laughs> what a fucking useless Yeah. That was another waste too. Harry Strickland and the Golden Company. He Absolutely had like three lines useless. and they were totally forgettable yeah what one was about well, one was about elephants oh yeah okay that's the only that one the only line why did they even they didn't even really <laughs> had have to show the scene of him you know in the red keep with cersei no they didn't even need that, that at was all absurd they could have just showed him on the boat and then had him show up in front i wouldn't have been mad at that yeah 
Yeah, and we had we had all these golden company theories just immediately. Just I know. And he like all. struts out onto the battlefield like he's about to do something. I was like, damn, okay, we're about to have a fight. And then just, you know. And then Daenerys just flies back over and roasts mm-hmm. all of them. That, that was hilarious too. Yeah, they look like little ants and they're just burning up. Yeah. yeah spraying just... raid on them. <laughs> uh, also the shot of her coming through the front gate of King's Landing. That was pretty cool. That was a cool shot. Yeah, hundred percent. The behind the scenes on that was insane. How many people they set on fire? Yeah, they that set, looked intense. I think in that one scene with Harry Strickland, they set twenty-two people on fire right just there, and then in yeah. total, forty-four people in that. Scene, didn't they? Which might yeah, be. Yeah, I was record. gonna say, didn't they set the record for most stunt actors burned in in an episode? Or on fire enough? Yeah. In in any like series or film? Yeah, I think so, and I think they had the record before. From the spoils of war. Oh, did they? But oh, don't quote me sense. on that. I'll have to look into that. They did set the record on the spoils of war. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they broke yeah. their own record. That's crazy. That's wild. I also really liked, like you guys are saying, Arya running through the streets. That was really cool just to show someone we care about's perspective through all this. Because before it's just civilians getting annihilated, which is, you know, that's sad. But we don't care about those people as much. Yeah. I like how they incorporated the story of the mother and the daughter. Because it actually gave us a civilian that we could kind of grow our yeah, yeah. emotions yeah follow a little bit yeah i mean, I, mean I, I like the episode boys my main problem you know was just going back to the setup yeah. like you guys were saying of her going insane Rhaegal's death i think it could have served better maybe during this battle mm-hmm. it would make the scorpions look a little more lethal if um cersei gets one of them i think you would have had to have you would have had to have john you just had to say john had to be on the ground for this battle or something to lead the army because i don't know how you would take out Rhaegal and, <laughs> yeah. and not die on him so they would have had to do something like that. And I, I don't know. I, it, I just saw a lot of reviews saying that also I wanted to touch on was just people were saying George R. R. Martin would never, this would never happen with Daenerys. And the people listening, this this was yeah. George R. R. Martin's plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The execution will probably be a little better. Because he said the side plots but, and side characters yeah. and the way that things happen will be different. But the main like points of what actually does happen are the same. Yeah. yeah. They met with him. D&D met with him back in 2013 when it started to become apparent that they might catch up and got yeah. all the main plot lines for all the main characters and how they were going to end the series. So they, this is was supposed to happen. Yeah, I'm just surprised they didn't start alluding to it sooner because then they make this point in the, in the show more believable. Yeah. yeah, it's just her turning point. It's not the the point that she goes mad itself. I, I thought that I think that's, you know, totally believable, but just how it happened, you know? Yeah. I, I, that's what I was saying. I think, but I do think that they put enough in there that it's believable for me, at least. You know, and I think just what they said too that Miguel, the director, said when she's up on that, she's up on the top there, and she's looking out. She still just feels empty, and it doesn't feel like it was enough for her at that point in that victory. I could see both ways, but why I think I did kind of give it a pass was just she probably just sees the faces of everyone she lost in her head, and she just wants to like fill that void of revenge. And she just wants to cause as much pain mm-hmm. as she can, kind of. Even though it's a really childlike mindset, that's just kind of what the mindset—the yeah. mindset she was in. She was acting like a child a little bit. Yeah, and she just had no one to no one yeah. to keep her in check, like you were saying. Yeah, earlier, exactly. Ross. I just don't get if she was so empty, and you know that was just her tipping point right there. I just and she wanted more. I just don't get why she wouldn't fly to the Red Keep. I just don't. No, get, I agree with that know. too. Like yeah. like I was saying, how that gives Cersei time to get away. Yeah, she could have just raised the Red Keep and destroyed yeah. it. <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah, and I wanted I wanted to bring up because they were also saying how she's looking at she looks at the red keep and it symbolizes what the Lannisters took from her. And I thought that was an interesting parallel also. Her like her sack of King's Landing, although more brutal, does parallel basically what happened when Tywin Lannister sacked the city thirty years prior. Like Tywin fronted as if they were coming there to defend the city yeah, for Ned's true. army with Aerith. But then he brutally sacked the city, killed thousands of innocents in the process. And so this is usually something that happens when someone take, is coming for King's Landing. And this is even the battle where Sir Gregor like smashed Rhaegar's baby son against a wall, killing him. Yeah, and he extremely he brutal. Savaged his wife too. Mm. Yeah, terrible. And I, I think we should add more context though, just with the Mad King, because the Mad King he he wasn't always no. insane. He was actually best friends with Tywin yeah. too, for a lot of his life. Yeah, growing up, and the first decade of his reign was largely peaceful. And then the signs kind of built up that fell into his madness, kind of like yeah. paralleling with Daenerys, I think. So there was a certain event that happened that pushed Eris over the edge. So like there were signs kind of building up, but like nothing that was showing that it would happen immediately or ever. But then when he got captured and took in, or taken to Duskendale, uh, he got held in captivity there yeah. for a long time. And that's where... Yeah, six months, yeah. like, solitary <laughs> and, confinement. I mean, how could that not drive you a little crazy? Especially if you already have signs of problems. That's what set him over the edge. And then Barrison Selmy, my dude, coming in so on a solo yeah. mission, rescues him from a castle, which is crazy. <laughs> he, like, scales the wall to get in there, too, which is crazy. Scales the wall by himself, grabs airs, and ducks out. Yeah, and that that's definitely I think the next level. But even before that, he just had a lot that was still happening yeah. to him. Like he had he had multiple stillborn kids. He had two sons that were born that died within a year. So he had he didn't have an heir for a while before Rhaegar yeah. was born. The whole time, people are kind of like disrespecting him because Tywin was his hand, and people really respected Tywin, and they kind of considered him even that he was running the show. And him going to Duskendale was kind of against the word of Tywin even. Yeah, he did go there on stupidly. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff that was building up. And the whole time he was thinking that his kids are dying, he's thinking that his wife is cheating on him because he doesn't think the gods would give him a a bastard, you know. They must be giving him a bastard kid if it's not turning out yeah. to like be born. So he was just losing his mind for a long time. And then, like Ross said, Duskendale happened. And then even after that was when Tywin, his wife died, giving birth to Tyrion. And so he was just saying this to teach him a lesson after his wife died. Wait, what, what exactly did he say to him? Do you remember? He just, it wasn't anything he said to him. It was something that he said to his advisors and it somehow oh, okay. got to Tywin. And then after that, like, severe, it, like yeah. severed their friendship completely. Yeah. Oh, and he made Jamie be on his Kingsguard yeah, so, so that he, he could never take over yes. his house. Yes. Yeah, so he wouldn't have an mm-hmm. heir to the to Castle Rock. He did do that on purpose. That was during this too. Aerys just did a lot of little shit like that. Mm-hmm. I believe it was like after that, the next five years, he didn't even leave the Red Keep <laughs> after he got back out of solitary confinement. And he lost another son who was born and died within a year. And that just all contributed. And if we look at Daenerys, since she's came to Westeros alone, she's lost, she lost most of her Dothraki, the Unsullied. She lost her allies with the Dornish and the Tyrells, like we said, two dragons, she lost her oldest friend and probably her best advisor, Jorah. Her best friend, Missandei. She lost her trust from her other ones, yeah. Varys and Tyrion. She lost her love from John, of, of Jon mm-hmm. Snow. 
and her claim to the throne, which was the main thing she wanted this whole time. Like the paranoia, it all makes sense yeah. to me. And I think it could build up and you can just snap like that. We know that the Targaryens have this, that bad this madness to them. Yeah. So I just, I didn't think it was super out of character. And then you go even back further to season two. She was talking about how she would lay waste to whole armies, burn whole cities to the ground for the Iron Throne. And she would get her throne with fire and blood. I think she even said <laughs> yeah, that in did. season one. Yeah. And then we go back. There's She has a vision even of King's Landing burning the ground. Or the King's Landing's burnt. It was probably snow. It was probably also ash. And she's getting close enough to touch the throne. And it doesn't. she still can't get there. And then she goes and joins her husband and child in the afterlife. And so I think that might be a little foreshadowing even coming forward. But yeah. I, there's just a lot of signs. I, I agree with that foreshadowing. I was thinking that same thing too. And I think... Or should we save our takes for who we think is going to end up on the Iron Throne? Yeah. No, you can I think Go for it. Even though it is snow that lands on the Iron Throne, mm-hmm. I don't know. That would be too cliche, too easy for Jon Snow, who's just so clearly been pointing towards as being the good guy. Like He's a righteous person, so obviously like a Boy Scout pretty much. I think Tyrion is going to end up ruling. And like we said, mm. he might reform the government. So the way they're doing this season is... They're kind of setting things up to not do, th- okay, so not pull off major events like you expect them to. They're trying to subvert your expectations, and but they're also doing it to yeah. where it's the person that makes the most sense. So like Arya killing the Night King, that makes the most sense as far as her skill set and her being an ultimate assassin, but maybe not the most sense with the prophecies mm-hmm. and what they've been alluding to. So I think Tyrion would be something that they would go with for the throne because he has the best skill set out of anyone to rule. Like he probably, other than Varys, but Varys is dead. He probably plays the game the best out of anyone alive or Sansa too. But Sansa is kind of out of the whole plot at this point, I feel like. Unless she comes in with an army. So you think he's... Yeah, she's just so far away. She could roll up behind him with an army and be like, yeah, I didn't trust Daenerys. So I just gathered up army and came in. That could be possible, but where is she getting this army from? Maybe Yara, but yeah, maybe the Vale, Knights of the Vale. Didn't the Vale fight with the uh, Northmen? Yeah, I but I mean, look went. how many people Daenerys still had. It seems like they had people in reserves or something. Yeah. That was another thing. I was, I was like, where <laughs> did all these soldiers come? They just came out of the woodwork. Yeah. It's like she has a huge ass army again. <laughs> like there was only twenty Doth. There was probably twenty to fifty Dothraki that came back after they ran into the White Walk or the White Horde. There was barely yeah. any came back. And mm-hmm. then there was like hundreds when they were charging King's Landing. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And then and then in the teaser after, there were so many, like just a huge pack. Yeah, of, yeah. You know? Like raising their rocks up. Yeah. So, Ross, you're saying that you think Tyrion makes it out of the next episode alive yeah. then? Even though he did portray her technically, I don't think she'll find, or she could find out if she talks to those Dothraki, but I just don't think anybody's even going to remember that. And Jamie's dead now too. I don't know yeah. if she's even going to find out about that. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I, I forgot. I wanted to add one more thing that I forgot was just in the behind the scenes, too. They said that even on Daenerys, that even back when her brother got his golden crown, that she just yeah. didn't even feel anything, even even though he was a terrible person. I honestly, I did see that. I think that was a little off, too, when I first watched that. I was like, damn, she's really cold. Yeah. <laughs> and then even since then, she loses her husband, her child. Sir Barristan was someone who really kept her in check. He would talk to her about what the Mad King would do and how he yeah. would think things are just. So there's just a lot of these influences, like we've been saying, that yeah. are gone. A lot of the times during this episode, <laughs> they were saying stuff, and I honestly was just thinking, I wish Sir Barristan was still here because he would 
totally <laughs> tell her how she's becoming like her dad. And man, R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Sir Barrison. I miss him. Yeah. <laughs> I miss him. He's a badass. So, so fan questions. At Mob TV Must Addict, who is going to take the throne? Damn. Luke, since Ross, you already said you think Tyrion for sure. Right? I mean, I don't think anything's for sure at this point, but I think that's what the signs are pointing towards. Yeah. So that take is, a pick. But I'm I'm not sure. I'm just saying if I'm sure on anything, it's Tyrion. Okay. We, we kind of talked about this last episode and I, I thought it was a good idea. If John doesn't want to rule and Tyrion comes to power in quotes, he would create some sort of democracy, like an electable parliament where, yeah. you know, each uh, the lords could elect someone to represent their house. Yeah, take on kind of like what the Night's Watch do when they yeah. vote or uh, I really like the that. Ironborn. Are you saying more like an oligarchy, Luke? Where like there's a, an elective from every district and then they all come together and make decisions. So it'd be like a group of a few, a group of a few leaders. Yeah, like five to ten leaders who make this an, el- an elected parliament. Yeah, it would be kind of like the no, nice it wouldn't be table. It, like it, it, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be twelve people. It'd be like oh, from like 15. every every fucking area. From all the north, you know, <laughs> from everywhere. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Each house gets one, you know, representative. Yeah, is what I was thinking. I don't. Th- I don't think John has to die, but I'm th- saying Daenerys is out. Like John doesn't oh, have to die, but he's still not gonna want to rule. Daenerys is a hundred percent dying. I agree with that. I think if John, I don't know how Daenerys is gonna die. I don't know if John's gonna do it, but if John lives and Daenerys dies, I don't think he takes the throne. Still, after yeah. all this. If they're if they're using a front throne anymore, uh, she <laughs> yeah, fly that shit. She went straight. There was a scene where it showed the red keep, and it just showed a fire blast going right through where the throne is. Because <laughs> you know how the throne has like yeah. that mm-hmm. Lannister lion symbol right above it. Yeah. That, when mm-hmm. she was blasting the red keep, it showed it from the outside, and it showed that symbol in a window, and a fire blast just went yeah. straight through it. <laughs> so I have a question, Ross. Let's say someone has to take the throne, and John refuses. Yeah. Daenerys is dead. Who is who actually has who claims? has the best claim? Yeah, I was gonna say Gendry. <laughs> Gendry, 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 does? and John have the best claim. But if John refuses, what if they decide it has to be a Stark? Then would it go to Bran? Then he'd be next, right? As yeah, a male, but Bran would, Bran would refuse. It. So it would be Sansa. Huh. <laughs> I don't know if I like that yeah. pick either. Maybe Tyrion because the last person who was the rightful queen was Cersei. That's true. Yeah. I don't know, but she, yeah. but she lost. So it's not her house anymore. Zach, are you still salty at, at Sansa? <laughs> yeah, I don't want her on the throne. <laughs> oh god. I don't I don't know if Tyrion would either. I kind of like weren't you saying a, I can't remember what season when he talked about there being some sort of democracy or something if she Oh, did that was die. season 7. Yeah. Yeah, so something like that. I I'm kind of with Luke. There'd be some other route where there's not a crown, I guess, if I had yeah. to really pick. That was my theory, too, from a long time ago. I just think that Tyrion would be the person to put that in place. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not that yeah. he would rule. I mean, he, yeah, he's going to try to find out some kind of alternate way to rule. Mm-hmm. Okay, next question. At Schultz Caroline, where is Yara? She's way away somewhere. <laughs> she's in the Iron <laughs> Islands doing yeah. something. So she said maybe she received word from Varys. I yeah. assume that... She's just in the Iron Islands, and she had to hold it in case Euron came back. Mm. So that makes her the holding. I don't know because she doesn't really have a fleet anymore. She gave her like last ships to Daenerys, and they got wiped yeah. out. Oh, dude! Also, if Tyrion rules, he can give Bronn Highgarden. 
Oh, That's yeah. true. <laughs> Forgot about our boy yeah. Braun. He's still part of the plot, and they only got one episode. Yeah, we'll see what happens with him. Dude, sure. What if What if they secretly just Sunday comes around and they roll out the episode and it says like two hours and twenty minutes, like they just they just That'd withheld awesome. it, but it's secretly like long as balls. That'd been badass. Yeah, would be. Well, right now it didn't. His Cersei's dead. Jamie's dead. Kyburn's dead. Anyone who knows about that deal is dead, except for yeah, Tyrion. <laughs> Damn. So he's good. Yeah, I think he's good. At Cosmo K Mom, do you think Arya will now go marry Gendry after seeing the touching scene between that woman and her girl? Do you think that maybe her course has changed, or is it her destiny now to kill a different queen, Daenerys? I mean, she still has to. But okay, the problem is Melisandre has been wrong about prophecy so many times, mm-hmm. but she has mm-hmm. been right about this one so far. So, kind of makes it a little believable. But she still has green eyes, and Cersei's dead. Mm-hmm. And we did talk about this. Daenerys also has green eyes, so we did. Y'all thought I was crazy. When I, said it. <laughs> I don't know about that, Zach. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know if she's gonna kill Daenerys. I don't know who's gonna be the one to kill her. I keep thinking that if you get close enough to Daenerys, that she's gonna have Drogon right there to just yeah. roast her, roast yeah. whoever it is. Have Drogon just blast your ass. Or Grey Worm and a ton of Unsullied. I wonder how she's going to act at the beginning of this next episode. Yeah. Arya? No, Daenerys. How paranoid she's going to be. Oh, like, yeah. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be interesting for sure. Do I think that she's going to go get married with Gendry mm-hmm. after this? I maybe. Think so. I think maybe she turned a point. I forgot to say I really like that scene where Arya and Sandor said goodbye. I, I think did that like was the that. first time she yeah. ever said his name. Yeah, I, I like that scene thing. as well. She usually just insults him by <laughs> calling him the Hound. So... That was a good send-off. I think maybe, yeah, if she somehow gets out of this, there maybe is a chance that she decides, yeah, I'm going to chill out for a little bit, not risk death every episode. I uh, would have to disagree with that just because I think she's going to want to protect her family, so she's going to want to protect John. She's going to want to go straight. I'm predicting that she's going to go straight to John and be like, yo, we got to get this Daenerys girl out of here. Oh, I meant after this episode, if she lives. Oh, okay. After, after yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. No, that. yeah, I guess that makes sense. About you, Luke? After this next episode, I, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense for a character this whole time. You know, season one, I'm not a lady. Tells yeah. that to Eddard Stark. It's or, been her thing. Forever. Her whole goal has I, been to kill Cersei, and then she just turned around right when she was there. Well, even before her goal was to kill Cersei, she was still saying, I'm not a lady. That is a good point, Luke. That's true. That's a good point. Good point, Luke. Okay. Another question. What was the name Danny called Grey Worm when she asked him to leave the room? You want me to get this one? Yeah, go for it. So she was talking to him in High Valyrian, and she said Torgo Nudo, which in High Valyrian means Grey Worm. But what I don't get is she was speaking in High Valyrian, but then the subtitles were in English. So the English subtitles still should have said Grey Worm and saying instead of saying the word that she was saying in High Valyrian. So it wasn't really translating it right. It was just randomly throwing out that phrase. But it was purposely done like that. Yeah, it was. It was. But I, it, I don't know why, though. Because she was already saying, speaking in High Valyrian, and then the translation was in English, except for that one phrase, was also in High Valyrian. Was that just to put emphasis on it? Just people to know his real name, I guess, maybe? Yeah. 
Oh, maybe, you know, the directors were saying now Grey Worm, after Masande's dead, he has nothing left. So now Grey Worm's reverting back to how he was before he had that love with Masande. So now, you know, he's back to his self where he doesn't feel anything. You know, he's just a cold blood killer. Yeah. Again, man, Grey Worm was a machine in this. <laughs> he's possessed. Yeah. He was a killing just robot. Yeah, he was a psycho, man. He was, he was straight robot mode, for real. Yeah. That's the way to put it. And, oh, another thing I forgot to bring up. I think next episode, John and Grey Worm might have a 1v1. Oh, yeah, dude. Because Grey Worm oh. is going to mm-hmm. stay. He's going to want to stay with Daenerys because that's his queen. And he also lost Missandei, so he kind of aligns with her. He, he He probably doesn't see what she did as wrong, as being no, wrong, as, like John. No. Yeah. yeah, and so he's gonna want to protect Daenerys no matter what. Hundred percent. And John's gonna be conflicted. So I think maybe they might fight, but I don't know how that would happen. Bro, great battle prediction. That's for sure gonna happen. I hope, dude. That would be such a sweet oh, matchup. That's gonna be so dope. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but now I want it. it has yeah. to happen. <laughs> yeah, I want that bad I want it too. Like they're two elite, just badasses. Oh, that's be such sweet. a good prediction. I hope so. At susu1340 gregar has various his face and i want to know why <laughs> um i didn't think so <laughs> wait what do you guys think Luke? if you guys think he's looking fat i figured that he looked because i did notice that he looked chubbier i was like eh, yeah. he's probably it's because he died when you die you get all bloated so his face is probably bloated and then also if you want to like attributed to some of them in real life. They said in the behind the scenes that Half Thor Bjornsson had just got done with, you know, one of the strongest man competitions. You know, so he's probably carved up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> kind of thicker thicker than his normal self. Thick boy. He had those little chubby lips. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think in the face he kind of looked a little like Varys, but you could just tell that they said behind the scenes that he'd have to start putting makeup on at midnight for an ADM shoot. And it was like eight yeah. layers of shit they had to put on his yeah. body. So he's probably caked. Yeah, they had to make him look like a Frankenstein monster. Mm-hmm. That would be intensive, just getting <laughs> yeah, makeup eight hours, three hours. Yeah, I don't know how I'd feel about that. At Susu again, one three four zero. What was your guys' reaction of the scene that Brand foreshadowed six seasons ago? But I think he meant four seasons ago, season yeah. four, episode two. Mm. Just I, okay, the dragon. So I was thinking about this. At first, it's making it look like it's foreshadowing stuff with the white walkers like the white walkers are coming down to king's landing that's how i took it at first but now with what we know it definitely foreshadows daenerys becoming the mad queen because it has the dragon flying over it's got the wildfire exploding and then it has eris yelling burn them all just completely alluding to daenerys being the mad queen yeah damn good connection i didn't even think about the rest of the vision like i took yeah i took the vision at first, I took it as, okay, yeah, so she's going to make it to King's Landing, and she might fly over it, but she might not burn everything. That's how I took it. But looking back on it, that's totally right, Ross. Yeah, just with Aeris and stuff, it's it's paralleling those, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Shit, so you guys agree? We could just move on? Hell yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah, 100%, dude. That was spot on. Nice. <laughs> At Luis Adelia. Adelia? Luis Adelia. Adelia, yeah. I don't Who know. was very sending those letters to? Ooh. I just figured the Lords of the Realm, man. Yeah. With what's left. He probably sent one to the Dornish Prince. Yeah, that was know? kind of my assumption with it, too. He was just sending him to Lord. Maybe the Citadel. Yeah. Oh, he probably the Citadel. That'd be smart. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know where else. Maybe even if you send it to Yara, she's not really going to care. She's loyal to Daenerys. Yeah. She already pledged an oath to her. Yeah. And then the North knows already. Yeah. Basically, Must yeah, probably the Dorne and the Citadel would be the most logical answers. At Rabia93, what's your guys' take on the last scene where Arya is the only one alive with the horse standing there waiting for her? It just didn't make sense to me after all the destruction around her. Don't you have a take on this, Zach? Yeah, so when I was on my rewatch, I did notice that the little girl that she's trying to help, who also helped her and her mom helped her, she did die holding a white horse. So I thought that was interesting. I think it's some sort of symbolism. And Macy Williams did touch on it behind the scenes. She said it is it is a symbolism. She didn't say what specifically. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it was sent there necessarily by anyone. I don't think Bran sent that shit. There's no way no. he's that useful at this point. Bran no. doesn't do that anyway. He's so far yeah. away as well. I don't even know the extent of if he can connect with the animal from that far away. Yeah, work all the way down there. That'd be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. I didn't take it as that. I didn't... It, I don't take it as Harry Strickland's horse that got blown up being no. reincarnated either by the Lord of the Light. I saw the soul straight leave that horse's body. <laughs> <laughs> that that horse was just dead on the spot. Yeah. My best guess, it was just like a Dothraki's and like Arya just luckily survived that battle. Yeah. It did seem kind of convenient for that. Everything all around was just destroyed. And then this white shining horse is just staying in the middle of it. But I guess, yeah, yeah. It's, it's for the symbolism. There's some sort of symbolism. We're not sure. I looked up like a Bible verse on it too, and it said just that it symbolizes death. Yeah. Death I did writing it. I did look that up too, and it just, it said in Christianity, like in Christian religions, that white horses symbolize death, which Arya worships the god of death. So maybe it's kind of saying that Arya is the embodiment of death. Yeah, she brings death. Yeah, she brings Could death. Could be it. I don't know besides that. Luke, anything on that? No, you guys touch on everything. At Ash Crash Bash, why do you guys think we don't see much of, if any, of Danny's face after she decided to destroy all of King's Landing? I actually was really curious about this too because from the moment it shows her face with the bells, you don't see her face. I don't think you see her face a single time from then on. No. And even no. in the preview for next episode, it never shows her face. It just shows the back of her head as she's mm-hmm. walking through her legions. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking she is just totally flipped over at this point to a new person. Yeah, she's basically transformed, metamorphosized to an, into a new person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good take. Yeah. Uh, the director, Director Miguel, he touched on this behind the scenes and he said they didn't think you need to see that because she's just destroying everything and... They wanted to show just the people who have to deal with her destruction. They wanted us to feel what it was like being down there, like Arya trying to weave through everything, and then all these other stories that are going on with Jamie and uh, Cersei and Sandor, just all those things too. I, I wouldn't want that anyway, just because then it feels like we're removed from the destruction that's happening on the ground. Like being in a plane, so, or on, I mean, you know, in a dragon, being in a plane, you know, the ground looks like ants and people you don't know what's going on down there same thing in a dragon you know it's still disconnected you're disconnected from what's happening on the ground and they wanted to show you know just the hell that's going on i I like that better i think something that could have been cool to include this would just be a shot of drogon sweeping over and then just showing the people getting burned up and stuff and just showing how terrible it is and then just a quick cut up to her face to like show her initial reaction like 
Is she happy? Is she conflicted? Is she angry? What kind of emotions are going across her face? I think that could have been cool. Just one quick shot, maybe. Mm -hmm. Just to see like what her mindset was going through that whole thing. At shot okay. Are we ruining the season for ourselves by expecting crazy things based on theories that we either make up, make up or keep popping up? Probably, yeah. It's <laughs> my take. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'd, I'd say, I mean, there's definitely been some bad writing this season yeah. and decisions that don't necessarily make sense and the pacing a little bit. But yeah, I think people has, have expectations and theories and they're all going down the shitter. But what theory? Yeah. I can't think of a theory that has really held up or felt very legit off the top of my head people were just thinking like oh the night king is going to kill everyone and oh that oh or just daenerys isn't going to go mad queen mode i've seen a couple really good ones throughout the years but there's a lot of just like stinkers yeah one thing was zach was i did agree with you from earlier on when you said that you kind of just viewed this episode as its own little slice Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it so much more when I just took the episode for exactly what it was. <laughs> just re- didn't think about any of the past episodes. Just watch it for what it was. It yeah, was it's great. Just... It's great. But if you yeah, start I think if... thinking about the past episodes and Thrones just in general. Yeah, but that's yeah. why it's a TV show because there yeah. is a past to it and everything leads up to this point. You know, you can't discount that. Hey, man, I love Thrones. I got to. I'm trying to enjoy it. <laughs> I gotta find yeah, some way a little bit. to enjoy it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's exactly how I took it. I was just like, hey, you know, maybe if some like just the whole Rhaegal thing. That was my main. That's my biggest issue is just how Rhaegal went down. I mean, I've told you guys that. And yeah, I said that on here before. But just yeah, I just took it. Hey, if I'm looking at it is it hundred percent she was gonna go night or Mad Queen, then this is really cool. Everything that's happening. It was shot amazing. I I loved the episode that way. Yeah. To answer, it wasn't story. it wasn't my favorite episode ever, definitely not. Yeah, no. I would say it's my favorite of season eight so far, but that's not really saying much because season really eight really that was your yeah. favorite of season eight, that or season or episode two. I was about to say yes. episode two might yeah. be, might be my number one. Yeah, episode two was my favorite for sure. Those are both good. I I like the Battle of Winterfell better better than this battle. Yeah, I like. Oh really? Mm-hmm. That was the other way. Same. But to answer your question, though, I think you're going to have a very, very slim chance of being really, really happy when a theory is right that you believe in. But you're going to have a very large chance of being disappointed when your theory is wrong. So if Mm -hmm. you want to play that game, then, yeah, believe in all the theories you want, but you're going to get crushed a lot. But there is a a small chance that your theory is going to be right. So it's up to you. Yeah, and there was also the theory that people thought Daenerys and Jon were going to share the throne, and it just that no. never felt like that was going that way at all yeah, in the beginning. As I know. soon as they yeah. figured out who he was, I was really yeah. hoping for that. I'm not not gonna lie. I remember yeah. advocating for that. Me too. I was hoping maybe there's a chance, but then just in this episode alone, when he turned her down again, I yeah, was like, it's over, dude. It's <laughs> oh done. yeah, when he did that, I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Just people want that Disney ending. It was never going to be like that no. for Game of Thrones. No. Never. Okay. At Zaw Kicker. Has it been the same writer from seasons one through eight? And the answer is yes. There's only actually been seven writers across all the seasons. And D&D have wrote the majority of them. And they've touched on every other one that was written. Like Brian Cogman. Yeah. Isn't it Brian Cogman and David Hill are the other main writers? 
Brian Cogman is the only other one who's been in the writing room with them when they're going through all this stuff. And then, yeah, Dave Hill has written some. He wrote Season 8, Episode 1. Yeah. Brian Cogman wrote Season 8, Episode 2. That was the last two. And then D&D have written every other episode this season. Mm -hmm. And in the past, George R. R. Martin wrote four episodes in the first four seasons. And Vanessa Taylor and Jane Espenson, they also both wrote episodes early on in the show, very early. So it's been largely D&D. Interesting. Yeah. I think they're definitely a, a lot better when there is source material. Yeah. I don't think any of us... Do you disagree with that, Luke, at all? Or? Oh, no, 100%. Yeah. It's way better with source material. What what four episodes did George R. R. Martin write? So in season one, he wrote The Pointy End. Season two, he wrote Blackwater. Yeah. Fucking That's amazing classic. episode. Oh. Season three, he wrote The Bear and the Maiden Fair. Yeah. Which is the one Brienne has to fight the bear, and Jamie comes back for her. Yeah, I Very like that one, one, too. And in season four... Oh, wait, this might have been season four. No, this five. is season four. No, it's season four. Yeah, in season four, he wrote The Lion and the Rose, which was when yeah. Joffrey He wrote dies. Joffrey's death. Oh, okay. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. So all good episodes. All vi- Yeah, all yeah. really good episodes. They should have brought George on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't they just have him write I don't with know. them on... The so he he stopped he stopped a couple of years ago because he said yeah. I need to finish my book. Oh, that was his main thing. The main thing was always he was always more worried about because that is one up. thing. Like when you have all these separate things like pulling you away, like night flyers and just all the promotion for his books and promotion for the show. Yeah, and fire and, and blood. fire and blood. He's just been he's yeah. always working on stuff. He's just trying to get out yeah. the I most content writing. he can before he dies. <laughs> I get it. He's yeah. just busy, and he's he's also involved in all three of the prequels. There's still yeah in process so totally believable about his books not being done yeah yeah so before we close it out i wanted to bring up again the idea that john has to die for someone because i started looking back into this a little bit and i was reading into what george r R. martin said about beric being brought back by the lord of light and when he brings him back he considers him a fire white even saying that his heart heart isn't beating his blood isn't flowing in his veins so this makes me think again that John probably not gonna make it out of the story alive. Yeah, makes me think that. So like how the uh, like the White Walkers rise raise ice whites, so the Lord of Light servants raise uh-huh. fire whites, and they're animated by fire rather than yeah. by ice magic. Yeah, and we know yeah. John came back. So I was thinking if he had to die for someone, or maybe it's a twist, and he's brought back because he has to kill someone. Yeah, Could that does that fit? make him infertile? You think? I have no clue. Yeah, <laughs> I've I've wondered that. Ever since I learned about fire whites and ice whites, I was just saying, what you guys think about that? Anything? I I like the take that he's coming back to kill someone because I think he got brought back to kill Daenerys. That's my Luke, take. same. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I don't know who's gonna kill her, Arya or John. Pick one. <clears throat> Dang. Oh, I want to. It could be near say... though. That's the thing. <laughs> Oh, so you think Daenerys just stays alive? No, I'm just saying it could be. I don't think. I think she's gonna die though. So fuck, dude, it's so hard. Pick one between those two. I want Arya too, but I think it's gonna be Jon. Okay. Shit. Okay, and I also wanted to bring out just a throwback since you guys saw thought at the beginning of the season or beginning of the season that it couldn't happen. But my waterfall theory starting to look like it's gonna happen. And yeah. for the people, the listeners who had didn't hear all the way back, I was saying in season four. You get 
says to John, let's not go back. Let's stay here a while longer. I don't ever want to leave this cave, Jon Snow. And Daenerys in season eight, episode one, when they're at the waterfall, she said, we could stay a thousand years. No one would find us. Yeah. And we know what happened with John and Ygritte. They end up on different sides and she's killing innocent people on her way to the showdown at Castle Black. And then there she mm-hmm. couldn't kill John. I don't think John could have killed her either. And it's starting to look like that might happen with John Daenerys now. Oh, and then somebody else comes in and kills Yeah, and Daenerys? someone else has to come in and kill Daenerys. And Ooh. then she can't kill John. maybe. They can't do it. Yeah. Arya. Dude, I'm not going to lie. You're, Boom. Your theory is shaping up really nicely right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was against that at first, too. I was like, I just don't see the connection. And yeah. But you're right. You're right. No one, well, no one thought really thought Daenerys was going to end up being the villain, but yeah. here we are. Ugh. Is that another reason why you think it's sudden, Luke? Just because, like, no one even really thought it, she was going to be the villain until like two two episodes ago, maybe. No, even back when we were discussing it, I thought it was definitely possible that she could be the villain. Okay. I actually liked that theory. I was on it. That's what when you said that, Zach. That's when I was saying that I think all of her advisors are probably going to slowly. Oh yeah, die that's off true. That was the same story. episode. Yeah, right? definitely. Yeah. I think I always thought that was plausible. I just didn't like the way it went. They went. You seem like yeah, the, for sure. The execution was off for you. Yeah. Dang. Is that, right. is that it, boys? That's it, boys. Uh, we wanted to give a special mm-hmm. shout out to some of our listeners who left us a review and rating on iTunes. DJ Kelly, Thomas A. I'm not going to try his last name. It's like <laughs> Antufermo. Thomas Antufermo. Hey, but you tried At, it. <laughs> I tried, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Thomas. At <laughs> Irish Pixie Eleven. Oh, that's bad. Jail. JL43, MB Ha, Markley's mom, Jacilla, Jackie5K, and Logan Valentine. Mm, thank thanks, you, guys. Yeah, thanks, cool. boys. And girls. Yeah. Oh, also, at the end of the season, we're going to do a top five Hall of Fame deaths for Game of Thrones. So be on the lookout for that. And we're going to make a form for. Y'all to cast your votes on who bites the dust. The yes, best. I'm already casting Kyber, and that one was one of my favorites, dude. That one was great. Just like <laughs> yeah. how, how sudden it happened, he sick. just chucked him into that rock pile. <laughs> Little yeah. That was easily my favorite one this season, for sure. I think that was my favorite oh, my, of the episode, too. Real, mine was the Cleganes just hurling off. the. That one was thing. epic, too. Yeah. I love that one also. And also, uh, make sure to check us out at Not A Movie Pod on Twitter and Instagram. We're going to be doing a giveaway this week. We're going to announce it on Twitter. Two tickets for John Wick, so be on the lookout. Yep. Uh, should also have another episode coming out very soon, hopefully within a day or two after this one. On that one, we're reviewing Netflix's Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. So make sure to check out that one too. Also, follow us on Thrones Facts and Culture Crave. On those, we do basically the news that we don't cover on this pod. We cover that on there. Got you guys on there. Culture Crave is more than Game of Thrones. It's Marvel, Star Wars, just any type of big movie news. We got you. And that's pretty much it, boys. Yeah. I think we're out of here. Mm -hmm. Peace. Goodbye.